0: Hello and welcome to the Shaman's Brew. In last week's show, I told you a little bit about some of the upcoming changes in the format of my show and a hint of what you might expect in the weeks ahead. Tonight, I am going to reveal more details about those changes along with some exciting news and opportunities for you, my listeners. Starting with next week's show... I'm going to offer guided lessons of what I believe to be the most important tool that anyone can develop to open abilities that will flow through your mind, body, and soul, bringing balance and self-discovery of exactly who and what you are in your human body. Through the use of secret, never-before-released techniques from my Toltec shamanic lineage, coupled with the technology from my scientific research with the Monroe Institute, I am going to teach those willing to learn how to throw back the earthly veil that blinds us from the true nature of the multiverse, and perceive the awe-inspiring wonders of a magical universe that you only thought existed in your wildest dreams. Not only am I going to walk you down this path of self-discovery, I am going to teach you how to interact with the energy fields of others and other places, some being quite exotic. You will learn how to shift your assemblage point to balance your energetic body and promote healing and well-being. You will learn how to use this ability to shift your awareness to a higher state of consciousness and travel with your mind alone to places far away on this earth and beyond traversing the very dimensional boundaries just now being discovered by modern theoretical physicists. You will learn tools to empower your own energy system and become more than you ever possibly dreamed and do things that will stretch the limits of possibility. I will teach you how to attain full waking consciousness in your dreams. You will learn how to dream walk or enter a state of dreaming, as it is known in my lineage, or dream time to the Aborigines of Australia. You will learn to meet up with others also who have develop the ability to become aware in their dreams, and collaborate information that can be validated back in normal waking consciousness. Finally, I will teach you how to use these techniques to raise your frequencies of awareness to focuses or planes of entirely different realities, places you may have heard of, like the astral plane or mental plane or the heaven worlds. Yes, you will even be able to meet and interact with lost loved ones, who have crossed over once you have mastered these techniques. I will be offering a couple different methods of teaching with each show so that you may choose which is best suited for your own personal enlightenment. Of course, uh, all this is free of charge. All you will have to expend is your own time and desire to evolve. So whether you are seeking ways to improve your own health as well as enhancing your physical abilities, or if you want to explore the totality of yourself and raise your awareness to perceive and interact with the multiverse around you, this is a show to tune into each week and download the archives for further study. I feel so strongly that this is the time to reach out to those wanting help that I am offering this information for free right here on Jackalope Radio. The world is changing, my friends, and While I do not believe that it will be destroyed like in the movies, there will be physical and energetic changes. These changes have been foretold by many indigenous cultures, including my own shamanic lineage. The ancient seers recognized these changes as normal cycles of creation, and they recorded and predicted them with such tools as the Mayan calendar. The tools I am offering you will help you in many ways as we enter this period of change, So I strongly recommend that you listen and learn to the best of your abilities as the Earth Mother prepares to rebirth once again. The value of this information is enough to prompt you to tune in each week, but just to entice you a bit more, I'm going to start giving away prizes and a random drawing based on the emails you send in to me. I will be giving away energy tools and sacred power items, some of these uh, items will be centuries old and worth hundreds of dollars. There will be times when I need to send out information to you in email that I speak about on the show, so be sure to email me as soon as possible with questions, comments, or just to say hi and get added to the information list and to be qualified to win one of the many free prizes that I will be giving away weekly. You can email me at marcus at TheShamansBrew.com. In the meantime, please help me to spread the word to your friends and families or even MySpace and Facebook contacts to tune in for the free lessons not offered anywhere else. These lessons will start next week. For the remainder of this show, I have a very special surprise and gift for you. I uncovered a very old and very, very rare interview with my friend and teacher, the one and only, Dr. Carlos Castaneda. To my knowledge, this is the only audio interview with Carlos in existence. You will be hearing Carlos, the young anthropology student at UCLA, speaking to a small group about his recent book release, The Teachings of Don Juan. I must apologize in advance for the poor tape quality Uh, as it was recorded in 1968 on a portable reel-to-reel tape recorder. Even with this poor recording quality, this historical interview is an incredible gift. I might add, too, that the young Carlos has a very strong accent at this time. With that, I will now take you back in time to 1968, as the man who Time Magazine would soon be called the godfather of the New Age speaks to his fellow colleagues on the UCLA campus.
1: I'm Jane Hellesel of the University of California Press. And I have here today Carlos Castaneda, the author of Teachings of Don Juan. I'm assuming that most of you have read the book. You all look like you have. (laughs) So uh, I think I'll just turn it over to Carlos
2: and uh, let it go from there. Carlos? Okay. Maybe you would like to ask me something that you want to know. Yeah, like. about that more, the, the way I uh, got to know was very, uh, it's a for tweet fortuitous type of affair. I was not interested in, in finding what he knew because I didn't know what he knew. I was interested in collecting plans. And I met him in Arizona. There was an old man that lived somewhere around there in the hill that knew a great deal about plants. And that was my interest, to collect information on plants. And uh, I, uh, we went with this friend and myself. We went to look for him. And we were misguided by the Yuma Indians. And uh, we wound up in the hills and never found the old man. Um, It it was later on, when I was at the end of the first trip that I made, because I was at the end of the summer, and I was ready to go back to Los Angeles, that uh, I was waiting in the bus stop, and the old man walked in. And that's how I met him. Um, I... Uh, talked to him for about a year. I used to go and visit him. Periodically I visited him because I I like him. He's very friendly and very consistent. It's very nice to be around him. He has a great sense of humor and uh, I like him very much. And uh, that's uh, my first uh, um, guiding Thought. Yeah, I used to go pick his company because he was very humorous, very funny. But uh, I never suspected that he knew anything beyond uh, the, the being knowledgeable and the use of plants for medicinal purposes. Did you have a sense
1: that he knew all
2: this? No, no, I didn't. I, I thought he was fine. There was, also, there was something strange about, about him. Well, anybody could tell that, you know. There's something very, uh, very strange. I, there are two people that I have taken down to the to the field with me, and that uh, that they know. They they found that, that he he has a haunting eyes when he looks at you, because most of the times his eyes are you know, you don't think he seems to be shifting. You would say that he's a shifty-looking man. He's not looking, except sometimes when he looks. He's very, whenever he looks very forceful. You could acknowledge that he's looking at you. And uh, but I never knew that he, he knew anything beyond that. I had no idea. When I went to do my field work, I always I parted from the point of view that I was the anthropologist, of course. Doing the field work with the uh, union, you know, that type of thing, and that uh, they were—I uh, was the one who knew most everything. <laughs> and, uh, they didn't, but of course, that's a great. It was a great culture shock to find out that I didn't know anything. It's a great feeling, that of, of really arriving, it's the sense of humbled, Because we are we're the winners. We're the conquerors. You know? And whatever we do is great, it's logical, it's, it's magnificent. We are the only ones who are capable of anything noble. That's in the back of our mind. We can avoid that. We cannot avoid that. And whenever we tumble down from that Stand, I feel it's great. What country are you from? I'm from Brazil. I was born in Brazil. My grandparents are Italian. Uh, Do you still think
1: that he manipulated you into last, uh, the last part of your book into the situation in
2: which you were supposedly in danger of which he was yourself? <laughs> well, there are explanation. explanations. I prefer to think that. He was cueing me. It made me feel comfortable to think that this was an experience resulting from his manipulation for social cues. But, maybe this witch was impersonating him. Every time I am in UCLA, of course I defend the position that he was manipulating me. That's the coherent coaching to the, 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 the pursuit of academia.
1: <laughs>
2: but whenever I am in the field, I think they were impersonating me. <laughs> and and that again coherent with what, what they placed there. That's a very diffi- it's a difficult transition to make. If you are going to be dwelling in a university, if I will be a teacher, if I know that I'm going to be a teacher all my life, I could say anything, you know, and it's nice. <laughs> but I, I may wind up again in the field very soon. <laughs> 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 well, I, I made up my mind. I, I, I am going to Japan maybe at the end of this month, and uh, I'm very serious about that. Could you describe the, the nature of your communication with Don Voss? We're very good friends. He, uh, uh, he's, uh, <coughs> he's capable always to baffle to, to me by hitting me. He never takes anything serious. I am very serious in the sense like I think that I have withdrawn from this apprenticeship. I am very serious about that. I believe that, that I have. He doesn't believe it. No.
1: no. <laughs> Did you find that uh, you you your approach to to uh, reality or whatever is, is any different than being John one? or or how do you see reality? Yes. very different, very
2: different. Sorry. In what, what way? Well, I I don't take things too seriously anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Essentially, I'm concerned with rescuing something that has been lost for 500 years because it's superstition. We all know that. It's superstition and it's been taken as such. Therefore, in order to render it serious, to go beyond the, 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 the elation, but there must be something that could be skill from the elation theory. And to me, the only way to do it is by presenting it seriously in the, the format of the social discourse. Otherwise, it remains in the in the level of the oddity. We have in the back of our minds the idea that only we could be logical. Only we could be sublime, noble. Somehow, I feel... Maybe I'm speaking for myself a lot. But I, I that's the ethnocentric character of our actions. In social science you see that. Every social scientist goes to the field with loader with the idea that, that he's going to examine something and no. And um uh, that's absurd, I see there's no so um in, in that sense you see the I, I can I cannot be I cannot escape. That.
1: Um, uh, Don Juan, in the book, he, uh, it mentioned that um, he asked you never to reveal the name that Mascula gave to you, yeah. or to reveal the, the circumstances under which you met. Yeah. Yet you wrote this whole book relaying Don Juan's knowledge to anyone who would read
2: it. I asked him about that. I wanted to know, before I ever endeavor in writing something like that, I asked him if it was all right. I didn't reveal anything that that was not uh, permitted. I I was interested in the logical system. It's a system of logical thought. It takes a long time. It took a long time for me to discover that this was a system as exhaustive as the best. Presented in this in the world, in my world. But this this what is appealing is the order. And whatever I reveal in it has nothing to do with the things that were they say taboo. I reveal only the order, only the system, so as to make us realize that the Indians are 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 very very um. The they are, they are persistent people and as intelligent as anybody. Why did you leave? Why did I leave? I got too frightened. Uh, this this assumption in all us I think that uh, we could give ourselves agreement that this is real. Any I'm sure that many humans have taken psychodilly. Like factors or LSD or something like that and uh, the distortion that you suffer under the influence of yeah uh, is accountable by saying I'm seeing such and such or and that, that, and that or this and that because I have taken something that's in the back of our mind always so anything could be uh, let's say accounted for in a, in, a, in a strange way but whenever you begin to lose that's the cure thing. I think that's time to quit. Yeah, <laughs> that's my theory. But you haven't really quit. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the
1: problem. <laughs> you had several visions that you said you were more like clairvoyant visions that told you about the past, things that you supposedly didn't know about, uh, other than the vision, for example, the graduate students,
2: supposedly yeah. books. Yeah. Did you ever check? To find out if what you saw was true or not. Well, that's so funny, you know. There must be something. I've been involved in hunting treasures lately. Mexican came to me and and told me that there was a house that uh, uh, had belonged to a man who had apparently stored a lot of money and never used a bank ever in his life. And he figured he got calculated that there was there was at least a hundred thousand dollars. And he asked me if I could discover where the money was. that me, make an interesting proposition. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so um uh, I followed this r- ritual. It was a minor ritual that produces in quotes, a vision. Not clear as a divination procedure, but it's a vision that could be interpreted, a fire that has to be made to attract whatever it is that has to be attracted. So this bunch of other four people and I, they did all the ritual, they followed me, they trusted me, and we we waiting for a vision, but nothing came at all. And then... The, the, the fact was that everybody was looking for this treasure under the house, and the house on the field. They hide underneath the house, and they dug up the whole house. And uh, the guy who was digging up was bitten by a black spider, one of the black widow spiders. And it was disastrous, and they didn't find anything. So then I came into the picture, and I, I had this vision. I had this dream. A dream in which the owner of the house was pointing to the ceiling. And I said, aha, it's not in the basement, it's in the ceiling. And we went one day and uh, tried to find it in the ceiling. But we didn't, we couldn't find anything. <laughs> it was it a was disaster, though, so because one of the Mexicans, very pig, <coughs> weighs about three hundred and fifteen pounds. It's a big moose. And there's, there's, there's a small hatch to go into the ceiling. And there's, there's, there's an old house, constructed in the twenties, probably. It's very flimsy, and the ceiling paper thin. So I was kind of walking on the beams. And this guy got very suspicious. He thought that we were going to cheat him out of his money. He found us, and he came into the ceiling. He came up, and I said, "Stop! Stop!" stop. He didn't. He walked up to where I was. I was in the center of the house, the center of the room, because that's the place I saw he appointed in my vision, of so, course. And the guy stood by me and he went through the <laughs> And He got hooked, you know, and the legs were hanging, and the upper part was up there. You the, the don't
1: want to make any. Uh... The
2: restrictions or any regulations about the circumstances in which the new being your question of selfish reasons, Yes, yes, very good, very good. Yeah. yeah. I went to see the one and I told him about the failure and how, you know, it was there, and he said, well, it's very natural. See, it, it, whatever is left of a man guards whatever he's hiding. I have my notes you know, that I couldn't feel, that I treasure a great deal. i become very possessive with my notes. And the one says, will you leave your notes for any idiot to, to give? No, I won't. <laughs> That's the point. And he says, what's the difference? The guy loves his money. <laughs> and then he's not going to let two, three idiots like me come and get it. Therefore, he sets all kinds of traps and, and destruction, that's the turning point in my approach with Don one. From then on, I'd never been able to think that I could uh, trip him. You see, he, he flipped me intellectually. I thought that that piece is very neat and very, very simple and coherent. And from then on, I was not ever able to think for myself as this student of anthropology, the, 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 the university student coming to look down on, on an Indian, he completely destroyed, dislodged my affiliation to the intellectual man, maybe. He made me think of yourself as a man? He made me think of myself as a man who doesn't know anything in relation to what he knows. But I don't know what he means. All I've I given you is what he gave me. I don't know how fear could be vanquished, because I haven't vanquished it myself. I have an idea that perhaps to be um, applicable. I like to go into the field and test it, but that's another story. That's very different.
1: Did he vanquish fear? Well, he, see he, see has. he has. He has, he has.
2: It looks like it's very simple. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's... But it's... it's uh, once you have the mechanics as well, he is parting at all times, from a different point of view. He sick he, like uh, 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 whatever is between the phenomena that I am experiencing and me, there's always an intermediate, it's a set of expectations, motivations, language. Name it. It's there. This is the whole set. And that's my, my, my heritage as a European, to use the set which is common to all of us. That's why we understand each other. But the one has a different set, an entirely different. That's the incapacity to understand them. Very difficult to understand what he's talking about. Like when he says that one could conquer fear. There's an uh, interesting idea that occurred to me now in that I would like to test in the field. I have uh, attended recently a a Yomi meeting. It was a gathering in which I just took water to them. I didn't participate. I just went there to to watch to observe. Because I I had this I have arrived to the conclusion that the consensus, the agreement that he gave me, as I, I narrated in this book, a private agreement special between the teacher and the student. But something else takes place. And it's a collective agreement. A whole bunch of people agree upon things which cannot be seen ordinarily. But I always thought that this agreement consisted in queuing the others. Therefore, there must be a leader, I thought, that could cue, you know, by twisting the eye, you know, something like that, you know, of the fingers. And therefore, they all say that they have agreed, because one gives the cue. They believe, like, for instance, in the mass of Teori, anybody who takes he hears a buzzing in their ears. However, the Indians believe that there are 17 types of buzzing, and each one then corresponds to a precise nature of the dissertation. The deity, Mescalito, comes in a specific way, and it announces it by buzzing. There must be an agreement among the eight, ten people as to what buzzing is it in the first place, and then the nature of it. How is the lesson gonna be? It's gonna be a ferocious lesson, very dramatic, or it's gonna be very mild, amenable, depends on what what is the uh, I suppose the mood of the deity. But I thought that the, this this agreement was accomplished by means of a code. So I went, I, I asked them once I could drive them, I, I I I took my car and drove a whole bunch of people and, I made myself available in that form. And then I could serve, I said, you know, bring, bring in water to them. So I watched. And I couldn't detect uh, any cold at all. However, in my effort to watch, I got involved. Very deeply involved. And at a moment, I flipped. And I walked into this experience of stopped. In course, I have taken theory which I didn't. This is my stand, okay? I think what they do is they hold judgment. They drop the set, and they're capable of getting the phenomena in a different level. They're capable of viewing it in a, in a level that is different from what I do ordinarily, the way I do it ordinarily. So if I drop the set, this, is whatever it is that is interfering intermediate the intermediate set between the phenomena and me I'll arrive to this area of a special agreement this was very simple for them to arrive to that I thought that in a the called it, a, whole, a whole series of days five, six days in which the insane theory I thought the last day was the only day in which they agreed. But maybe they agree every day. <coughs> I don't know. I have to go and find out, you see? I, I don't know. I, I know that it's possible to hold God. So, uh, girl, I asked a question about fear, vanquishing fear entirely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, as I read it, a misunderstanding.
1: I mean, as far as fear is no longer your enemy, it doesn't mean you don't have it anymore, right? Because... He said, the man always goes to knowledge, and this would be anywhere along the line, even after you vanquish fear, yeah. with, with fear of respect, wide awake, and what? the poor thing. So you always have the fear, but it's no on your enemy. isn't that...
2: No, we you know, know, that maybe, it's... maybe, though, however, perhaps we are afraid only because we are judging. That's another possibility, that once we drop the prejudgment... Well, what's there to fear? At the moment, like, uh, he used to cure years ago. That's before I met him. Today, he's not interested anymore in curing or bewitching, he says. He says that he's beyond, beyond company or solitude. So, he just exists. He, says he lives in central Mexico. I was just going to say, what did he do with his home? Then <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I really do uh, The family, I'm sure of that, and they grow in central Mexico. Then you make a journey list <laughs> and wait for a year before they are usable. They're here inside of a gourd. Uh, they are there are, utilizing. Were they, the ones, were they from Oaxaca? They're Central Mexico, that area, yeah, Oaxaca. There are, are 14 species of psilocybin. Can you tell us about the need and nature for secrecy and mystification? Well, I don't know. He feels like uh, the, 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 in order to return, you have to have a, a great degree of help and knowledge without which you don't return. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's right. Maybe you, you need the... the, the, the no, Not not so much the, the encouragement or the, or a friendly man telling you everything is the right job. Don't fear. But more than that, maybe you need another type of knowledge that will render the experience utilized, meaningful, and not crack your mind. You see? Not really bust you.
1: Someone, them I them? do!
2: I do! I don't think they should, because perhaps we will get to know more about it. Otherwise we become a spearhead, and the spearhead burns, period. Do you know what this, the psychoactive substances are in mature? the turrets? Uh, the atropine, and uh, uh, I don't know, the hyothiamine, and uh, there are other two more. There was some that some, somebody called metalloidine, but nobody knew what metalloidine was. And they're very toxic. Terribly toxic. Very, very, uh, very harmful plant. There
1: was there a... Was
2: No, the strygnine... The peyoric the, the contains the line, Eight. Thanks of uh,
1: that. Was there <coughs> other units that John considered to be... Yes. ...equal as... Uh, yes. yes.
2: I know too. Were, were they just equal? Well, not. The one, like he says, that his predilection is talking. He likes to talk. There are other men who who, who have another type of predilection. There's uh, there's a man who his uh, lessons hmm. in in waterfall. His predilection is balance and movement. And uh, the other one that I know dances, and he accomplishes the same thing. What about mushrooms in the No, no, there's no
1: hallucinogen
2: no. in the matter. Yes, it is. That's not in old world, though. Sure. That's it. Yeah, if you think
1: that,
2: yeah, 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 thank well, that is going all over the surface it's a Well, very, it's, a, it's a, a plant that grows anywhere, in, 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 in the, anywhere in the United States. But the the, the intake of bacteria produces a very terrible uh, inflammation of the prostate gland. So it's, it's it's not desirable to use it. So uh, it's it's a very toxic. Did that happen to you? A new, a new no, toxin. no, I prepared, you know, I mean, loose toxins. The, the American Indians, I think, learned a great deal in manipulating plants. <coughs> and uh, how they learn, perhaps like Juan no says, you could uh, arrive to a direct knowledge of complex procedures directly. Be out happy with whatever, whatever you got. Could you talk a little more about the first experience about finding a
1: good and the response and what you are Interpretation
2: of meaning, any meaning, in uh, in terms of good and bad, good and evil, or just or no, no, I don't know. I I never interpreted in any way except again after he stated special ordinary reality. He again, I say, manipulated me. And uh, or perhaps it's possible to see colors. I have a friend who reported the lately that he saw magenta, he said. That was the only thing that he saw. He, he tried to do this and, uh, at night, and uh, he was capable of arriving to this uh, distortion of color, whatever. One
1: thing
2: I noticed about the book is that all you've been doing is taking this at night. Uh, any to it? No, I think night very friendly. The night is very friendly. Very amenable. It's warmer, that's one of the reasons, and the darkness is, is covering, it's very, uh, it's like a blanket, it's very, very nice. And on the other hand, daytime is very active, it's too busy, and it's not uh, conducive to, uh, to, 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 the feeling needed for anything like that. I like the night, I don't know why, maybe, maybe I'm an owl or something, I I like it very much. It's very amenable to me. I turn the lights in my house off all the time. I I feel very funny for some reason. I feel very comfortable when it's dark. And I feel very restless when there's too much light.
1: Can you tell us more about Nesco
2: Like what? what now? Well, I don't know. Well, I
1: was just first of all, American Indians have a garden. It's not called Nesco
2: they have different names. Yes. 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 Mr. Calito's circumlocution that he uses, like to say "Little Joe," "Little Billy," circumlocution to mean "William." Well, they, is he one as uh, one
1: God, or is he like a thousand million
2: forms? Of God? That's power. It's, power. it's a teacher, It's not God. It's a teacher. It's a teacher that that is outside of yourself. You never ma- name. You never mention it by name because the name that he gives us to use is personal, and therefore you use the circumlocution, mezcalito. Not the word peyoro, Because peyoro means something else. It's not applicable to that. It's a, it's a word that is borrowed by the Spaniards. Peyoro is a state, very much like uh, like peyora in, in Mexican, in Spanish, used in Mexico, Sector is called toroachi. And toroachi the, the people say toloachi, but that's not that's not accurate. Toloacha is the state of knowledge. Later to the sectura. But it's not the plant, it's a state of knowledge. And so is another word, ololuquis that the the that the Spanish uh, priest uh, was very concerned with. And people have identified or look as the, 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 the seat of the morning glory, but that's not. It, it belongs to the Torah also, but it's again it's another it's a state, a state of knowledge. Does Don Juan or any of the other rufos uh, have any difficulties with the church because of this? Uh... Well, I suppose they do. They they couldn't care less, one way or the other. They are capable of short circuiting the work of the the dominant society, which very, very, very appealing, to me at least, to be able to short-circuit them and render them meaningless and useless and harmless. See, the one is not trying to fight anybody, therefore nobody fights with him. He's very capable. He's a hunter. He's a, uh, he's a hunter. He's a capable man. He does everything himself. (coughs) <coughs> he's a... You mean he hunts animals first? Well, in many ways, metaphorically, and, you know, in a literary way, he, he, he hunts in his own way. And, uh, he's a warrior, meaning he's, he's a, a, a alert on his toes consistently. He never lets anything go beyond by him. There, there's, there's a great argument that I have with his grandson. His grandson says, My grandfather is feeble minded. I, I I said, You know what, perhaps you're wrong. Do you think that you could have sneak up on him? And the young guy pronounced says, No, my grand you cannot sneak up on my grandfather, he's a broker
1: <laughs> I said, That's absurd you know?
2: <laughs> How could you say that he's feeble minded? And then you say that you cannot speak up on him, but that's the idea. You see, he maintains everybody under this this, this sort of control. He never let me out of his sight. I'm always within within his his view. And it's a an normal process, unconscious. He's not aware of it, but I'm always there at all times. You know, he's he's, he's very alert. But it's not a, not an issue. He's not an isolated man. He is a hunter, a warrior. His life is a game of a strategy. He is capable of rounding up his armies and, and use them in the most efficient way, the most efficacious way. He's not a guy who cuts corners, but his, his great motto is efficacy. And that's totally opposed to my motto. My motto is waste like all of us, unfortunately. You see, and then I get caught in tremendous upheavals of meaning and and, and things have split me and I begin to whine. You know, why? 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 How? How did it happen? You know, if I would be able to live like the one I could set my life in a, in a way of strategy. Set my army strategically. Like he said, then if you lose, all you lose is a battle, that's all. And you're very happy at that. But now with me, because if I lose because they took me, you know, they raped me, you know, I've been taking in my furor, you know, I've no end to my fury, because I, I, I was not prepared for it. But what would happen if I was prepared? Then I would just defeated. and defeat is not so bad. But to be raped, that's terrible. That's horrendous. And that's what we all do. By what? We are raped by cigarettes. We can't stop smoking. You know? Or people are raped by food. They can stop eating. <laughs> I have my own my own quirks, you know, I get raped by by certain things. I cannot mention that. <laughs> but I do. and I be weak and feeble and unhelpful. So one seems uh, to feel that that's an indulgence that he cannot afford to. And uh, he is not indulgent at all. He does not indulge, and yet his life is very harmonious, terribly funny, <laughs> and, and, and great. And I, and I, I, I ponder, oh, how the devil can he do it? And I think it's by cutting his indulgence to, to, to nothing. And yet he lives very well. He doesn't deny himself anything, there's the trick. That's a funny trick, is it's, just, it's just an, almost a semantic manipulation. Like he's 76 years old, he likes girls. He says that the reason why he likes girls is because when he was young, he took one deitura with the lizards, and the lizards bit him nearly to death, and he was sick for three months, he was in coma for weeks. And then his teacher told him not to worry about it, because from then on he was going to be virile until the day he died. He says, the do that. You know, if they bite you too hard, you become very virile. So I asked him, how could I get a couple of bites? you need more than a couple of bites. <laughs> so it's not frugal in the sense of denial, denial, but yet he doesn't indulge. Maybe it doesn't make sense. You tell us a little more about the religion of
1: the
2: The Yakis? The Yakis are Christian, Catholics, nominal Catholics. They, uh, they allowed the Catholic missionaries to come in 1773, voluntarily. And after 80 years of uh, conversations, they kill all the missionaries. <laughs> And no other missionary has ever come to the Yakis. <laughs> and then they involve themselves in this war against the Mexicans. Uh, after the independence of Mexico, the Yakis have been in war with the Mexican army for 100 years. of oh, solid war. Solid. They raided the Mexican towns, they killed them, and finally, in 1908, at the beginning of the century. Mexico decided to put an end to this nonsense. And he rounded up he sending huge troops, armies, round up the Indians, put them in trains and boats, and ship them to the south, to Oaxaca and Veracruz and Yucatan, disperse them completely. And that was the only way to stop them. And then in 1940, after the, you know, 1947, after the war, you after what Hitler had done with populations, you know, with masses of people, in Mexico being the, the avant-garde of democracy in Latin America, they couldn't stand the thing that they had done the same thing to the Yaquis. So they round the Yaquis again.
1: <laughs>
2: Brought them back. <laughs> and they are again in Sonora now. So, they are seasoned warriors. They are very, very, very aggressive people. It's inconceivable that one could enter into that society. It's a closed circuit. They're very aggressive. They won't trust me because I'm a Mexican. They they see me as a Mexican. They would trust an American much much better, much easier. They hate Mexicans. They call them the Yoris, which means you know, pigs or something like
1: that.
2: <laughs> and because they're being so oppressed. You
1: speak a little about. It, aren't you?
2: Don Juan as Brujo and Don Juan as Diablero, or is it? It's the same thing. Brujo and uh, Diablero, those are two Spanish words to denominate, to design the the, thing, the same thing. The one does not want to use that because uh, it's, it connotes uh, the sense of uh, evil. So he uses the word man of knowledge. It's a massacre term. I, con- I, I conclude that whatever he, he learns from a tech, because man of knowledge is one who knows and one who knows is a tech term a brujo a sorcerer, is one who knows <laughs> i hope that i'll arrive to that you know i, I doubt very much that my my uh, makeup is the one that is required to make a man of knowledge i don't think i have the backbone well does do one agree with that no, he never told me that, you know. He thinks that I have a very bad, uh, uh, uh probably, uh, frame. I do things because I get bored, which is pretty bad. Terrible. It's a title, He presented me the example of a man who was courageous. He found the wood carver that, uh, you know, was very interested to, in the idea of taking peyote. The one took me to Sonora as a, as a show. So he could convince his grandson that it was very desirable to take Paioli. That he would change his life. His grandson is very, very handsome chap. Terribly handsome. And he wants to be a movie star.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and he wants me to bring him to Hollywood. And he always asked me, his name is Fernando. He always asked me, he said, do you think I'm handsome, Carlos? I said, you're really handsome. <laughs> he
1: says,
2: do you think that I, I, I could, you know, work in the movies as a chief in a you know, cowboy movie or something? He would. He would be a magnificent chief. So he, he, he wanted me to take him to Hollywood. He said, you should take me to the door and leave me there. <laughs> I never had the opportunity to bring him to the door. But, uh, uh, however, the one is, has the intention to t- 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 turn his grandson to the youths of Peyote. And he failed every time. He took me one day at the show, and I told them my experiences. There were about eight Indians and the Lesbian Indians. They said, you know, that, uh, uh well, Peyote costs madness. It costs insanity. And the one says, but that's not true. That would be so... Look at Carlos. He's should oh. be he should be." <laughs> Do you think that you that you could have found the mental understanding that
1: you found now
2: by just taking the drugs without Don Juan? No, I I I, 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 just, Don I am very sorry, uh, I, I will be lost. I uh, I just talked to Tim Larry, and he flipped. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, that's my personal feeling. He cannot concentrate. And that's absurd. Is that the difference
1: between
2: him and Don Juan? That's can concentrate. He could pinpoint things. He could exhaustively laugh at things and, and kick one subject until it's dead. <laughs> I, I don't know why it's very amenable to do that. He has this sense of humor. The, what he lacks is the tragedy of a Western man, with tragic figures, with sublime beings wobbling in mud. (laughs) No one is not. He's not a sublime being. He told me himself, I I had a great discussion with him once, about dignity. And I said that I have dignity. If I'm going to live without dignity, I'll blow my head off. And I mean it. And I, well, I don't know how I mean it, but I do mean that <laughs> and he said, Well that's that's nonsense says, I, I don't understand what dignity. He says I have no dignity, he says I have I'm an Indian. I have only life That's his plan, you know? And I, I argue with him, I said, me, please I want to desperate understand. I said What I mean by dignity is I said, What happened to the to the Indians when the Spanish came? They actually forced them to live a life that had no dignity. They forced us to take the Spaniel with our heart. And he says, that's not true. The Spaniards rounded up the Indians who had dignity, only the Indians who had already dignity. Maybe he's right. They never round him up. <laughs> <laughs> bother me very much about the, ones, the way he looked at me. I told the one when I met him, this guy introduced me to him. He introduced him, he said, that's the man I told you about. And I went to, to the one myself, and I said, my name's so and so. In Spanish, my name means a spider. Charlie Spider. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I say that, I'm Charlie Spider, he crack up. <laughs> So, that was an entry that was a very good entry so then you know how you I know he was going to get around for a while because he couldn't believe that anybody could name it It's kind of his name kind of, funny but anyway after that then I, I thought that that was my golden opportunity to make my entry and I said, listen, I understand that you know a great deal about seniories. I do too. I know a great deal about it. <laughs> Maybe if you, you know, through our mutual interest, we can get together and talk about it. <laughs> that was my presentation. I mean, we used to, that, you know, that that for the formal presentation. I've been using it over and over. <laughs> so he looked at me. He really looked at me in a very funny way I cannot portray. But I knew at that moment that, that he knew that I didn't know anything. <laughs> I had just, yeah, just thrown the ball, you know, completely bluffing him. That's what bothered me very much. I never been looked at that way. Ever. So that was enough for me to be very interested in going to see him. Nobody's ever looked at me that way. Yes?
1: I would like to know, like, like, if the things that, that Don One has that are not good to take all of these things without the guidance of a teacher or whatever, if, if that's not good and it's not a good path to take, then, like, what means is left for, like, people who don't have a person like Don Juan? That is the real
2: problem. I think it's... That's an, that's an untenable position, you see, I, I placed myself in, in that position, by myself, that's an untenable position, I wouldn't know. It's it, like, uh, when I went to see him, um, when the book came out, I took it to him, and the, the, I, I, I got a book, you know, and I, I, I pretended that it was the first book that ever came out of this breakfast, you know, and I wanted to take it to the one. Maybe it was the first book, I don't know. Perhaps it was. I want to believe that it was, anyway. And I took it to him, and I, I get it. It was very difficult to get to reach him in the first place, because he was way up in the center of Mexico. I had to wait for a couple of days. And then finally he came down to town, and I gave him the book. I said, Oh, I look, I finished this book, and he looked at it, and thought it was very nice. He looked, he said, it's a nice book. And I said, in a fit of passion, I said, oh, I want you to have this. Oh, I want you to keep it. And he
1: says, Why can't I
2: do it in a book? <laughs> I said, you know what we do with paper in Mexico?
1: <laughs>
0: this concludes this episode of The Shaman's Brew. Be sure to tune in next week and tell your friends and your family and all your contacts about the information that I'm going to be sharing with you. If you, uh, if you would like to learn more about the show, you can uh, go to my website, www.theshamansbrew.com. And if you are an independent radio station that would like to rebroadcast this show, please contact me at marcus at the Thank you for listening.